A lesson from the book of Kings. In those days, a Sunamite woman came to Eliseo's to Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, yonder is the Sunamite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the mountain to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to thrust her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for she is in bitter distress. The Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, Gird up your loins and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not salute him. And if anyone salutes you, do not reply. And lay my staff upon the face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So you arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore he returned to meet him and told him, The child is not awakened. When Elisha came to the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door upon the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay upon the child, putting his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon him, the flesh, as the flesh stretched upon himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once to and fro in the house, and went up and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gadzi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she came to him, he said, Take up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she took up her son and went out. And Elisha came again to Gilgal. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time Jesus went into a city called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the city, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said to her, Do not weep. And he came and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and he gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. The Saving Words of the Gospel Today we continue our spiritual journey to the Roman Station Churches, a different church each day, and of course there's a collect church where people gather, uh, and then they process to the Station Church singing litanies and hymns, uh, and then there's Mass at the Station Church. Well, today we gather at Santi Quirico e Giulita, a tiny little church. I'll uh, never forget the first time I went there. 
Um, I was with uh, the great Roman, whom I mention every once in a while. And um, then off to San Silvestre, a Martino ai Monti, St. Silvestre and Martin, uh, at the mountains, at the hills, and it's um, at the foot of the Escaline Hill. And it is uh, an interesting church from history for very many reasons. But uh, one of the most important things that happened there was the first public refutation of Arianism uh, took place there um, in the presence of the Emperor Constantine. So it, uh, this place has got game. It has two names, uh, Sylvester and Martin. The Martin is Martin of Tours, and um, Sylvester uh, is the Pope who had received the uh, nation of Constantine. And uh, there were two, uh, as I understand it, there were two chapels or two churches here, and eventually they sort of merged into one, and so it's Sylvester and Martin. Uh, we have in our readings today um, the resurrection of two children, one by Eliseus, the prophet, and one by our Lord the son of the widow of Naim. I think what's going on here is, you know, it's Thursday, and yesterday we were at St. Paul's outside the walls, and the in, it was the Wednesday in Mediana, and there were all sorts of rites that were performed for and over the catechumens who are candidates for baptism in just a couple short weeks now. And I think the message here is you're dead and you're going to come to life. You are not yet baptized and so you're dead and you're going to come to life. The Lord is going to raise you to new life. I think we can take this a step farther um, and say if you then are going to be alive, you're going to be alive for a reason. Now the issue with these widows, the, these women who have one son, the woman with one son and no husband is in the ancient world, at the time of the Lord, one of the most vulnerable people in all of society. And for a woman to be a widow and have her only son die is a, a, very, uh, a very dangerous thing uh, for her, her well-being. And so the Lord raising the, uh, the son of the widow of Naim is a momentous a thing for her in uh, her life and obviously there's you know it says in here there's a great number of people going with her out of the town to the cemetery uh, to bury this um, to bury her son so there are a lot of people who know that she's in straits when every single one of us commit a mortal sin we die. That's why they call it a mortal sin. Spiritually die. We're dead. And the church is like a widow who has lost us. And the church 
you know, we're all in this together. So when one of us falls, the whole church suffers. When one of us rises, the whole church benefits. It's like the it's like the tide. When it goes down, all boats go down. Whether it's a dinghy or an aircraft carrier, they all go down, and they all go down the same amount. When they rise, they all rise. Now, the Lord here, all he had to do was touch the beer, touch the, the, the stretcher on which the uh, young man was being uh, carried, and he, raised, he rose from the dead. With Eliseus, it's a little different matter. First, he he's going to take his staff and put it on it. He sends his servant with his staff. And that, you know, as if that should be enough. Well, he's very confident that it should be enough, and that's the way he does it. But it isn't enough. And so, when he arrives, he does something that he... <laughs> I say this with a little, little bit of irony. He, he does something that would get him arrested today. Um, he places himself on the child, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. He stretched himself upon him, and it's almost as if he's transferring his own life into the into the child. He's transferring a share of himself into the child. In a way, he's taking the place of the staff that he sent first ahead of him. He's becoming like a dead thing so that the child can have some life. Now, each one of us are going to encounter people who need what the church has to give and who have fallen away. We might have you know, loved ones or relatives or people who we know who have fallen away, of the church, away from the church. Maybe they have some situation, they've gotten themselves into spiritual trouble. Maybe they are, objectively speaking at least, because we can't read souls, but objectively speaking, it's pretty probable that they are dead in the state of mortal sin. We have to go out of our way, like Elisha did, like Eliseus did, and go to them. We have to... Oh, dare I say it, use this word, accompany them. Yeah, we do. We have to go to them. We have to give them something of ourselves. We have to be ready to make a sacrifice of some sort uh, for their sake. It's a work of mercy to pray for the dead and to bury the dead. It's certainly a work of mercy to raise the dead. But in raising the dead, uh, we have the, the, the spiritual works of mercy to admonish the sinner, to instruct the ignorant, uh, to bear wrongs patiently, and so forth. These are ways in which we can give of ourselves to other people and become like the, almost like an inanimate object through which God can work. Now, I, you know, it doesn't mean to become, you know, stupid or an inanimate object, but, but to become docile. Maybe that's the best way to do it. To become docile. Omnia omnibus factus sum, says Paul. I become all things to all people. Why? So that he can gain some of them for God. We have to go out of our way 
um, and make an effort in regard to those who are dead, frankly, are dead. And it'll really be of help if you're alive yourself. So go to confession. 